G'day and welcome to the Aussie Pastor Live, right here on Faith FM. G'day, g'day, g'day. My name is Lloyd Grolleman. I'm the Aussie Pastor. Welcome to the show today. And Hunty, Hi, mate. our uh, trusty, faithful, loyal techie. G'day, listeners. Good to be with you again. Good to have you on board, mate. Oh, it's good to be I'm here. I'm feeling really, really good this week. And you know why? Why so? The flood came, the flood went, and it did not take my place <laughs> out conquer. this time. That's right. No, it did not. God is good. See, we've had, I think, five, maybe six floods in the last 12 months. Let me clarify. Five or six, one in a hundred year floods. <laughs> Yeah, all biggies. I was about to say all oh, yeah. biggies. Yeah, all biggies, and I've only been done by one. That's it. So I'm praising God for that. But for those in northwest Sydney and the rest of Australia, west of the Dividing Range, right up the coast, really, from Victoria through to Queensland, if you're suffering floods today, we are, our, our prayers are with you, we're thinking of you, and we hope and pray you get through real good. And we get it, don't we, Hunty? We do. We get it, having gone down ourselves Yes. This year, but still not recovered. No, we haven't recovered. I still haven't finished cleaning up out there. Our insurance company doesn't even agree to pay us what they owe us. <laughs> uh, Hunty's not happy about that. So if you work for watch our me, insurance, yeah, watch me get myself sacked. <laughs> if, if you're listening and you work for our insurance company, get moving, boys. The villagers with pitchforks are on the way. <laughs> <laughs> One villager, his name's Andrew. Hunt. Uh, that's me. Hey, Hunty, before we go any further, because yes. I, I want to get into what happened on this day, I, I want you to just give a shout out for what's coming today yes. and the number yes. they can text us to yes. or email if they're going to contact us. Okay, we do. Love to hear from you in our Aussie Pastor Ask the Aussie Pastor segment. Um, we'd love to hear from you with your questions for the Aussie Pastor, and you can send them to us one of two ways. You can text them to us on zero four double eight double eight zero eight five one, or you can email your questions to us, and the email address is info at aussiepastor.com. So, coming up in today's program, we have a ripper of a story from our mate Harold Harker. And one of Lloyd's mates Actually, before from, you go there, it's yes. not really a story. Isn't it? No, it is a story, but it's a massive confrontation between Martin Luther and one of his nemesis. That'll Did I cool. say that right? Nemesis, nemesis indeed. Yep, one of his antagonists. And it is a fa- Yeah, it is a story. <laughs> Fabulous good. story. What else, mate? Well, we've also got one of your mates, um, yeah. Kim, Kim Lomas. Lomas. Now, he's got a tremendous amount of history on you. I'm looking forward to see if he drops any stories <laughs> Actually, about you. <laughs> he doesn't have that much history on me. <laughs> <laughs> I knew him, uh, and a little bit. But he's got a good story I about how you he guys came. were surfing mates in the eighties. No, no, we never surfed together ever. Oh. No, that, no, no. We, I would have liked to, but yeah. Hey, this day in history, yes, tell October us about October eleven, seventeen ninety two. Official cornerstone of the White House was laid. Now, Hunty, mm. that's where the American president lives. You're an American guru. Oh no, you've been there many, many times I to have. the White House. Have you actually been in the White House? Nope. No, me either. What's the address? As soon as I say it, you'll know it. Freedom, radio. freedom Circuit? Not 1600 Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania Avenue. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, as, soon as, you, yes. as soon as you hear it, you know what I mean. The residence was designed by an Irish architect called James Hoban, and he built it after the Irish Parliament. Did you know that? Nope. Yep. Good stuff. Do you know when it was built? No. 1792 to 1800. Okay. Do you know how much it cost? How much? $232,371.83. I could almost afford that. What do you reckon that is? Oh, 
I better pull your pay down if that's true. <laughs> I can't afford that. Petty cash. What do you reckon that is in today's money? Oh, pretty cheap, actually. Uh, a billion? Three million seven hundred and ten thousand. Is that all? Yeah, they never paid. Well, the reason they never paid a whole lot of it is because it was built by. Do you know this? Yeah, tradesmen. Yes, freed black labourers oh, and slaves. That's horrible. So that probably cut it down a bit. Who do you think owns it? You think the president owns it? I would have thought the U.S. people. No, kind of. It's owned by the National Heritage Site or National Park Service. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's a little bit about that White House. Mm. Actually, um, in 1901, Theodore Roosevelt, American president, actually changed its name officially from the President's House or the Executive Mansion to the White House. Is he the guy that put the bowling alley in? Oh, I don't know. Oh. Don't ask me questions like that. Yeah, okay. On live radio. I didn't even know there was a bo- and, and one of the alley. presidents came in and said, I want an Olympic swimming pool in the basement too, and they had, it's been modified a few times, that place. Oh, yeah, it has, a number of times. Is there a swimming pool in it now? Don't know about now, but there was. Well, there's tunnels that you can kind of go down if there's a nuclear yes. attack, and yes. you can kind of go places in those tunnels. Uh, it's a, look, it's a very interesting place. What I found interesting is the cornerstone was laid down in 1792 yep. on this date. And Roosevelt changed the name from the executive house or mansion to the White House on this date in 1901. Cool. What about this one? In 1889, South African Boers declare war in Great Britain. You know who the Boers were? Nope. South Africa. There was a war. Yep. They tried to get independence from the British. Guess who went and fought for the British? Who? The Aussies. Of course we did. It's yeah. the first time <laughs> Australia ever went into battle. Possibly, probably... History says this, but be careful because we might have some South African friends listening to us, but probably it was the Aussies who broke through and won that war. Wow. Mm. 1903, now here's another test for you, Hunty. The Boston Americans defeated the Pittsburgh Pirates to win the first modern World Series. What sport am I talking about? Uh, Baseball. Oh, very good. You're on fire today. Should I admit that was a 100% guess? <laughs> well, the Boston Americans became the Boston Red Sox. Cool. You will have heard of them, and that's a baseball team. I ask Hunty sporting questions because he's a very yeah, – I'm not sure about his sporting prowess when it comes to <laughs> knowing sporting teams. How, 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 many, how, many, how many players in a rugby league team? Let's talk about the fantastic win on Sunday by Holden, smashing the Fords right off Mount Panorama. That has nothing to do, absolutely nothing to do about this day in history, so we'll true, move on. True, <laughs> If you didn't pick it up. And I'm, the handbreakers got it on full uh, extension. I'm a Ford supporter. <laughs> Let's go through this quickly. 1943, Italy declares war on Nazi Germany. That is important because Italy actually went into the war with the Germans, Nazi Germany. Really? But in the middle of the war, they changed sides because they... Saw the light. Oh, they got rid of Mussolini, who was the Italian dictator. Yep. Uh, 1945, this is important too. Negotiations, negotiations between Nationalist leader Ching Kai-shek and Communist leader Mao Tse-tung. I'm pretty sure... Mao Tse-tung? Yeah, wreck that. They break down and that was the beginning of a civil war between the Nationalists and the Communists, Mm -hmm. which the Communists won and the Nationalists ended up on an island called, do you know, Taiwan. And that's why you have a Taiwan-China dispute today. Mm. 1972, a flight chartered by Uruguayan rugby team crashes in the Andes Mountains. It's famous because they made a movie out of it. And these rugby players to survive, those who did survive the crash, actually resorted to cannibalism. You remember that story? Wow. 
1988, the Archbishop of Turin, Italy, announced the carbon-14 dating on the Shroud of Turin dated only back to the Middle Ages. Mm. Now, that's significant because some claim that that shroud was on Jesus' face or something at the cross. Mm. Well, only dates back to the Middle Ages, and mm. that's 500 years or more. No, more, 1,500 years after Out. Jesus. Mm. Yeah, so yep. there's something wrong with that. Yep. Two more, 2000, USS Cole attacked in Yemen. It was a, Yemen, it was a, it was a ship, a warship of the Americans. It killed on this day 17 sailors and 39 were wounded. That was a big one, that one. Mm. And the last one, on this day in 2000, NASA launched its 100th space mission. So that's this day in history. What about birthdays, Hunty? Cardi B, rapper. Never heard of him or her. Don't even know whether it's a male or a female. Do very, you? Very popular. Who is it? Male or female? Don't know. I'm g- <laughs> two old dinosaurs. Yeah, here. I'm I just know the songs. The songs are their charts. Their chart topping songs. I'm pretty sure it's a female. Yep. Luke Perry, uh, friends. This is his birthday. Okay. Luke Perry. He's not friends. Not friends. Uh, uh, Beverly Hills, nine hundred two. Uh, okay. Yep. He died actually in 2019. Oh. Uh, this is his birthday. He he was 52 when he died, so he'd be about 55 now. And this one, another birthday. We'll finish on this. Joan Cusack. Never heard of her. Me either. But apparently she's famous. Okay. Actress. I bet you there's people out there listening have heard her. Bet. Heard of her. She turns 59. So this was a huge day with lots of things happening in history. But today, we want to welcome you to our program. We're going to look at Jesus. We're going to open the window into Jesus. And I hope and I pray that we see just a little glimpse of how beautiful Jesus is. Hunty, would you pray for us? Certainly. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, it's such a privilege to be talking about you this afternoon. And before we start, Lord, I'd like to pray for a special blessing for all of our listeners, Lord. Please wrap your loving arms around them, be close to them, grant them their heart's desires, Lord, and please bless Lord and I, humble servants of yours, as we present you this afternoon, Lord, in your precious name I ask, amen. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor, here on Faith FM. Actually, reality is you'll listen to the Aussie Pastor and Hunty our techie. <laughs> First song. Christ is mine forevermore. A fairly new one for me. Uh-huh. This is uh, City of Light, and I think you're going to enjoy it. Yeah. 
Hunty, here's yes. my short testimony on this. Yep. No matter what happens to me, whether I'm in a good place or a bad place, whether I'm really tight with Jesus or I've wandered away and committed some sins and fallen down, Christ is mine. And it mm. is forevermore. Mm. And no one can separate me from Jesus. He is my constant. He is the most important thing in my life, to have Jesus with me no matter what. Yep. It gives me assurance and hope of a future oh, that's just in chaos. Should, should we tell our listeners how they can have that same experience? Walk with Jesus. Do you want to, do you want to invite them to join us on Friday night for Surviving Chaos? Well, you can. <laughs> it seems like that's what you're going to okay, do. Okay, all right. <laughs> that's, so, that's Hunty. That's Hunty saying, yes, I'm going to slip this in here. Well, I'm now being the handbrake now because we've got a busy show and I'm diverting us from the facts. But, uh, listeners, if you're interested in finding the same peace that Lloyd's got and that I've got, uh, Lloyd's currently hosting a program on Facebook and YouTube and you can access it only by going to the Aussie Pastor YouTube page or going to the Aussie Pastor Facebook page and clicking on the link and registering. Well, I, that all sounds hard. I've got an easy way. Fine. Just go to aussiepastor.au. Click on the link. You'll see a link. Yeah. Click on it, fill it out. And, and it's we'll, a series designed. We'll send you, just before, we yep. will send you yep. a text that will take you straight to the series. And the series will help you get in sync with the God that Jesus, the Jesus God that Lloyd and I both serve. Now, just so our listeners know, that wasn't planned. No, I was actually truly... Lloyd was trying to steam along, and well, I'm being I, the handbrake. I was, share, I was sharing my testimony. It well, was, it's a great, I, it's I was a great Testimony. I was listening to that, that song and I was thinking, nothing can mm. separate me from Jesus. Yep. And that is my constant. And it is true that this series is about how you can know Jesus, how you can yeah. hear his my voice. My testimony too. Yeah, yeah. So, um, news. News. Uh, well, let's move pretty quick through the yes. news today. Yes. Musk and Tesla making a new electric truck. Oh, man, I love this story. Do you want me to tell you just a little bit about this electric truck? Before? I know a lot about it, but let our listeners know. Okay, let's. Uh, did you read the articles? No, did but I've watched the videos. I'll shall, listen to. Shall we test him, listeners, and see how much he does know? Fine. What's the range it. of the truck? Oh, about 500 miles, 800 k's. Oh. You know what? You know what else, listeners? How much? Yeah, go on. Um, People say, "Oh, that's not very far." A diesel truck will go twice that far. But here's the deal: if you're a truck driver, after 800 k's, if you want to go a bit further, you can fill a Tesla truck to 70 percent in under 30 minutes, which is barely even a, a quick pit stop. And then you've got another 500 k's range. What truck companies are doing is they're building these pit stops themselves where they yes. have charged up batteries and they yes. replace the battery in yes. five minutes with a forklift. And, That's right. And, the and there's solar powered, a huge farm of solar panels behind them. And so these trucks are being filled from sunlight. Yeah, pretty incredible, really, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. How much is the truck? I think about a quarter of a mil US. Is no, that right? 180,000 US. Okay. Now, that'd be what, a quarter of a mil or more? Aussie. Aussie. Yeah. Uh, they reckon, you know how much they reckon they'll save a trucking company per truck per a year? A ton of money. About US 40,000, 64,000 Aussie. And you know what else? These trucks are so powerful, they will run up any hill at the speed limit. Do you know what country, a uh, country, <laughs> do you know what company's about? That's true. That's exactly true. They are so powerful, they there's can, no slowing down for can, hills. That's right. They can maintain their speed limit up a hill. And so you'll get there faster. Unbelievable, actually. It is. Um, do you know which company is taking first delivery in the US of these trucks? Oh, could it be UPS? It's probably a good guess, but no, FedEx. Pepsi. Who? Pepsi. Oh, Pepsi. Good on them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, look, my brother's a truckie. I don't know how he's going to take it. 
I don't know whether he'll like this or not. One of the things that bothers me is a silent truck. Think about a Humvee. Yeah. How much is a semi? How, 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 how much is a semi weigh? Well, it's a standard with, semi, 32 with, ton. With the load. What are they, 40 ton roads, a B-double? Yeah, well, no, B-double's more than that. 60? Yeah. 60 ton? 60, 70 Plus ton, the yeah. weight of the truck. Oh, no, I was talking all up GVM. Oh, okay. Yeah. So 60 ton. 60, 70 and, ton, yeah. And not making a noise. Well, you get 18 wheels, you're making a bit of noise. Yeah. Shh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's a worry. It's a worry. You want to make sure you look both ways when you cross the road now. You might That's get it. run over by a 60-ton, mind a you. A 60-ton silent w- block of flats. W- w- without the engine, they're not going to be 60-ton quite, are they? Is the engine of a, of a truck pretty heavy, a diesel engine? The batteries on, on the electric trucks are what's very heavy. So they're as heavy as the engine of the... They're heavier than the engine and the fuel. Oh, so there's really? So no, there's no weight saving going to an electric motor when, when you add the, the weight of the batteries. Well, I don't know how my brother's going to cope with it. <laughs> I, uh, the other he'll, thing he'll that cope. I noticed, these Tesla trucks, you drive them from the centre of the cab. Did you know that? That's because they don't want to make left-hand or right-hand drive. And also, it gives the driver a better view of the road. That's what they claim. And the mirror's electronic anyway, they're cameras anyway. So they can see both sides? Much better. Do you think Mac and Kenworth in Australia, because we make our own trucks, don't we? We make electric trucks too. We have we have a draft electric truck on the board that's being produced as we speak. By who? Can't remember the company. A big Australian. You're company. talking about Mac or Camworth or another company completely? No, another company completely. But there is talk that they are going to share this patent with the big diesel engined companies. So coming. those big V8 trucks that yep. with their two stackers and yes, it's belting out black yeah, smoke, rolling coal, sounding like a. Beautiful thing for me, yeah. anyway. Yeah. They're gone. Gone. They'll be gone soon. How long until they've got rid of them, you reckon? Well, they brought in these fuel pollution laws a little while ago, and pretty much now you can't buy a diesel truck unless it's the top European spec, uh, environmentally friendly ish. You sure but, about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mac and Camworth are still selling trucks in Australia. Yeah, yeah, but, right? they, but they have to meet to these new European okay. diesel yeah, yeah, emission yeah. standards. Okay. And there's a lot of capital cities now that are blocking diesel trucks. Okay. What, and in Australia? And, and cars. In Australia? Yes. It's not, it's Canberra's already slated when they're going to block cars that have diesel engines. Yeah, but from I don't think anyone's city. doing it yet. But it's on the, it's already been there. Yeah, yeah, it's coming, it's coming. It's coming. Uh, yeah. speed camera signs to return in New South Wales. Good. That's a good, good. thing. That's a good thing. Especially for people like Hunty. He'll appreciate that. But you know what? Here's a warning. Pretty sure it doesn't come back in till January or somewhere yeah, around there. Okay. So it's not going to be straight away. You, 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 the, the bottom line is, Hunty, and I've been telling you this for years. Do the speed limit. Obey the law. You know, I was just in Victoria and I went on about a 10k drive and I think I changed speed zones 28 times. Be very aware. Yeah, but if you're, if you're on the, if you're looking where you're going, looking out for people and other traffic and speed signs and GPS and everything else going on and it's 60, 70, 50, 80, 70, 60, at some point, you might just miss one. I think we just got an example of why they test old people every 12 months. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and you're not far away from that, Mr. Hunt. Uh, this last one, animal to human transmission, the cause of COVID, and they're not sure, World Health Organization, they're not sure we've got this sorted out. Mm-hmm. They still believe that COVID-19 started from animal to human Transmission, in other words, bats or something yeah. or other, and, and there is no doubt that when you look at the science of it, that many of the diseases that the human race suffers today, and some of the diseases that science fears the most, are being transmitted from human from from animals to human. Well, look at the wet markets in Wuhan. 
I've never been to wet they market would, in They were judged to, to be a, a possible cause of the problem, the original problem, and yet they still exist. Well, I think what they're saying in this, they're, they're probably not looking at that as much as the fact that science hasn't got on top of it. Yeah, true. And they're really, you know, I don't know, we're living in a world where there's a good... There's a pretty good argument for being a vegan vegetarian, isn't there? For sure. <laughs> um, it's, it's actually getting worse. Yes. I, I mean, when you look at, uh, and I've got to be careful what I say on live radio, but you, when you look at our fish full of mercury, mercury and, yep. and other poisons, yep. um, you look at our meat, uh, they're doing their best to keep the meat up to a very high standard here in Australia. Yep. I think we should be very grateful for that. But the fact is that even the World Health Organization comes out and says that things like um, pork, and bacon are dangerous carcinogenic meats. Have you seen and, them? And just before you go, they cause cancer. Yes. It's not they may cause cancer. That, we think they might. It's, it's They proven. do it's cause yep. cancer. Sorry, Hunter. I was going to say, look, look at um, how they cut the cancer off a, a diseased carcass. Well, they cut within you know an inch of the cancer. Do they do that? Yeah, still. Really? Yeah, so you're not getting an animal that's not d- diseased. You're getting an animal that's had the disease cut out and thrown away, but I didn't they know cut that. within an inch of the disease. Serious? So you're eating meat that was one inch from a cancerous piece of meat. You're sure about that? Absolutely fact? sure. Listeners, if I'm wrong, <laughs> 0488 880 Text us and in. we'd love to publish an apology. <laughs> <laughs> Lloyd would love me to publish an apology. <laughs> Actually, I, I think you got a point, although I didn't know it still happened. My dad, we used to be beef farmers, not Weema, but, but my dad, yep. started off as a dairy farmer. He took a, a cow that had cancer, yep. a cancerous eye, and it got sold to the meatworks. And he asked, now this is 50 years ago, 40 yep. years ago. Yep. And he asked the guy, what are you going to do? Oh, we just can't. Cut that Let's out. Cut around it. Um, but but I think even colon cancers and things like that from what we would call good meats, the fact that meat takes so much longer to go through the digestive system, it brings with it its own risks. So that is why, Hunty, primarily you and I are vegetarian. We're not strict vegetarians. It's true. I should be more strict. I'm pretty good. You are pretty good. In fact, I'm pretty close to a vegan now. Well done. I'm trying to lose weight. <laughs> oh, such a hard thing. I think when you see these things, though, when you see the amazing advances in technology in the world today, when you see how we're struggling with the viruses that are challenging scientists to the very highest level, I think we know that these things can't go on and we need to look up because Jesus is coming back. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Hey, Hunty, a quick shout-out again if you want to contact the Aussie Pastor yes, for Ask the Aussie Pastor. still time to send in your questions, 0488-880-851, or email them to us, info at aussiepastor.com. This song, Goodness of God, is a new one from the Triumphant Quartet. Never heard of them, but I found them this week, and I love it. I love you, Lord. For your mercy never fails me All my days I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Till I lay my head Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God Faith 
Faithful. So faithful. He's been good to me all my life too. I, I just the last week or so, you know, with my struggles and battles in life and trying to get through and to be a, a loyal follower of Jesus and everything that that involves, I see ups and downs on my side, but on Jesus' side, he's so constant. He's so faithful. He's so loyal. Yep. And he really is. If you've never tried Jesus, I'm an Aussie, an ordinary Aussie bloke. And Jesus has smitten me. If you've never tried Jesus, 
you're missing out on the one thing that'll complete you. Not talking cliches here or platitudes. He's faithful. He's wonderful. I don't know what it'd be like now to, now I've had him. I don't know what it'd like as my friend mm. and my God. Mm. Just don't know what it'd be like to live without it's him. scary. Have we got Harold Harker on line there, Hunty? We do. You there, Harold? Hi there, Lloyd. It's good to be back with you. Yeah, good to have you back too. And we're looking at a good story today, aren't we? Fantastic story. Yeah, we're going right back to Martin Luther, early 1500s, really. And you yep. and I have been here together, Wittenberg. In 1517, yes. on All Saints Day, Luther nailed something to the Wittenberg door. Tell us about that. Well, Martin Luther had been really worried, and he had nailed 95 theses, as we call them today, to the door of the church, he was just saying, hey, everyone, read this. And what was it? What was the basic? If you could put it in just a couple of sentences, what was he saying in those 95 theses? There was 95 well, of them, so I'm asking you to do a big thing here, but what was he really, what was his theme? What was he saying? There were two major themes. One, the Bible is central to all religious authority, and the second one, you're saved only by faith in Jesus, nothing else. So he was saying, read your Bible, trust it, it's authoritative. And then the second thing yep. he's saying is, hey, you're not saved by your works, you're just saved by believing that Jesus died for you, took your sins, just believe. That's for sure. Uh, yes, he talked about how his church hadn't followed that, but yeah. there is two major themes. So he he nails these 95 theses to the church door. This is the time between before internet or television. Um did it have an impact on Germany and Europe, and how quickly? Well, surely, you remember, uh, the printing press had been inv- invented, mm-hmm. and when copies of this were put, and they scattered all over Europe within a month, that even reached Rome, and it impacted all of Germany and most of Europe at that time. It actually lit up like a bushfire, didn't it? It did. <laughs> I was going to say like an Aussie bushfire in the middle of summer, but we're heading into summer and we're sodden here, so that might not work at the moment. Um, so, so well, it's, fasc- it's fascinating. Within a very short time, they were being translated into other languages, Dutch and Spanish, and a traveller even took a copy across to Jerusalem. Well, they the bo- went everywhere. Yeah, the bottom line is this this set people free, and so it had an impact. Um, how did the emperor, now this is the literally the king of Europe, how did he react? Well, Charles V, I think, was the emperor, and after he read the 95 Theses, this emperor of the Holy Roman Empire, he wrote to Frederick, who was the elector or the prince of Saxony, and he said, take great care of that monk, Martin Luther, for the time may come when we shall have need of him. So is that positive or negative? I thought it was positive. Yeah. It wasn't positive later, but at that stage, it was very positive. I found this interesting too. How did the Pope initially react to Martin Luther and these 95 Theses? Well, to start with, he was a bit amused, mm. and he said, Brother Martin is a very fine genius, and all that is said against him is just monkish jealousy. I'm. I was very interested to see that actually, because <laughs> very quickly these guys' attitudes to Martin Luther changed. How did his fellow monks react? 
Well, the monks in his own convent, they got rather alarmed because it wasn't what the church was teaching. And Luther says, dear fathers, if this work is not of God, it'll come to nothing. But if it be, then let it go forward. And forward it went like a bushfire. Now, there was this guy, Tetzel. He was a big player in the church at the time of Luther. Uh, who was he and how did he react? Well, he was the guy who sold uh, indulgences right across Europe. He came from the western part of Germany, around Mainz, and he came across there. But he then, when he got a copy of Luther's thing, he put up his own thesis in reply. And he said, this heretic Luther, he should be burnt. And he even burnt some copies of Luther's one. What's an indulgence, by the way, Harold? An indulgence, if you pay money then all your sins are forgiven, doesn't matter what you've done, and you'll go to heaven. So what was Tetzel selling these indulgences for? Well, he was selling one, a bit for his own pocket, yep. some for the, the archbishop back in Mainz, yep. but also uh, some of it went to Rome to build St. Peter's Church. And, of course, Luther's message that you saved by Jesus and Jesus alone, if you've got a sin or sins like most of us, just go and take them to him. You can do it yourself. Yeah. Just pray to Jesus and ask for forgiveness, and He takes them to the cross. This was a yeah. great. This was a great threat to Tetzel's message and to his prophet with these indulgences, and to the church. Yeah. What about Martin Luther's students? Because he's a professor, he's a teacher, he's a lecturer. How did they react when they read what their professor, their teacher Luther, had said? Well, they really idolised Luther a bit. They thought he was a great guy, and they got Tetzel's theses and threw them in the fire. But Luther said, no, we don't want any problems here. We just want uh, uh, everything to go normally. We, let, we don't want force of arms. I wish Putin had heard that too. Yeah, it wouldn't have. I wish, <laughs> oh, I wish to be honest, I wish a lot of our leaders had, had heard that one. So basically he was saying, look, let, let's just have peace and let truth yep. triumph by itself. We don't need yep. to force it. The Bishop of Brandenburg, I'm, I'm guessing this is probably Luther's bishop. How did he react? Well, he was in charge of a whole portion of Germany mm -hmm. and he said, I will not lay my head down in peace until I've thrown Martin into the fire like this brand, and he threw a piece of wood into the fire. So he was after his neck. He sure was. Now, a new player in the story, Eck. I find this man very interesting. Who was Eck, and were Luther and Eck friends? Uh, well, Luther wrote some very nice letters to Eck to start with, but Johannes Eck came from Ingolstadt, and he was the strongest defender of the church against uh, Luther, and uh, while Luther wrote a nice letter, he didn't. He he came out strongly attacking Luther, and so he was. He became the one who tried him when he went down to Mainz. He was the one who really was against him all the time. In fact, they became quite famous uh, protagonists, didn't they? These two. They sure did. And I think it would be fair to say that any goodwill Martin Luther had to Eck quickly dissipated through the years too. Would that be a fair comment? That's true, yep, so exactly. in some sense they were mortal enemies, at least theological enemies. And I think Eck probably... Theologically they were. And Eck probably would have been happy to see Martin Luther put 
to the stake. I, go, I guess we don't really know, but you get that sense. Sure. From, yeah, yeah. So what did Luther do in the spring of 1518? You kind of get the story. We've got the reaction of what's happening in Europe to what he'd written. What then happens in the spring of 1518? Well, this is probably six months after he nailed his thesis, but uh, he was called by his Augustinian order. He was a member of the Augustinian monastery. You come to a meeting in Heidelberg, and here he had to defend his thesis, and he did it so well, so ably, that many there saw the light of this truth of how you saved, including a guy called Martin Busser, who was a great strength for the Reformation. Yeah, th- this is when the Reformation really takes off, isn't it? Under Martin Luther, it is. we we yep. really have movement in Europe now, where God is saying, "My my message, my truth, that I'm going to save you by my Son Jesus and His blood alone." It really takes off. Um, Luther wrote a book and sent it to the Pope. How did that go? Yeah. Well, he took his ninety-five theses and he softened the things that were a bit hard because he was a pretty hard hitter. Yeah. And then he sent a copy to the Pope with a letter of full humility and respect and submission. You'd think that would be received pretty well. And? And it wasn't. They called him now to come and answer all these charges against him. They, they started to say, he's a heretic. So they called him to Rome. Yeah. It, it was a problem for him to go to Rome, wasn't it? What was that? Well, he knew he, knew he wouldn't come back if he went down there. Yeah. So, so he what? would lose his. He'd lose his well, head. He would lose his head because they were against him, and you'll see a bit later how they would have treated him. But uh, the university where he was a lecturer at Wittenberg, and also Frederick the Wise, who was the elector of Saxony, they wrote letters to the Pope saying Luther's not able to make the journey. Yeah, did and they so give? They did did they give a reason for that, or did they just say he's not coming? No, I think they just gave a reason that he can't go or something. Yeah, I guess everybody knew though what was up. You know that. Oh yeah. Both sides <laughs> knew that if he'd gone there, he would not have come back. Um, this Elector yep. of Saxony, Frederick, actually was his his prince, his king, and was a protector. Is that a fair comment? He was his protector. That's right. Yeah, he's a guy that you'd expect to see one day through the grace of Christ in heaven because he was the one, yeah, he really did with it because he was a powerful prince. He had a fair army, he had a fair army behind him and he wasn't to be fooled with. And he put, he put an umbrella over Luther for his entire life, really. He did. He did. Now, so he doesn't go to Rome. This cardinal, another fellow, now, I'm not sure how you say this. Is, is it Cajetan? Cajetan. Cajetan. I'm not far off, am I? Cajetan. Who was Car- yeah. Cardinal Cajetan? Well, he was the papal legate. He was the one the Pope sent and said, you go and do the job that I would have done in Rome. So he was high up. He was a cardinal, and he was told to, to meet him, and they would see Luther in Augsburg, which was a city in Germany, and... Uh, Cardinal Cajetan was ordered to prosecute him without delay and to really, he was he was there really con- to condemn him. He was there to sort this problem out on behalf of the Pope. That's right. Um, what did the Pope then call on the Elector of Saxony to do? 
Well, the the Pope wrote to the elector, that's Frederick, yep. urging him, deliver Luther into the hands of the papal legate. But he didn't, and he gave uh, to Luther funds so that he could travel. Just like today, you need a few funds when you're going on a long trip. Yeah, yeah. The, this guy gave him the money so he could go down to Augsburg. How far was Augsburg from where Luther lived? I'm not sure exactly, but it would have been four or five days' journey at least. Was this a safe journey for Luther to go on? Well, he didn't have a safe conduct pass. In those days, if you're called to a trial, you wanted a safe conduct pass that would guarantee that you would be safe, and he didn't have that. But he went anyway. Well, he went, and he kept asking for it when he got there, and but finally he did get one, but, yeah. M- mind you, you look at the story of some of those other um reformers who ended up at the stake, not that Luther did, they got safe conduct passes and it never worked too well for them anyway. Um, John Huss is an example, didn't work at all. No, not at all. Um, So he gets to Augsburg, what did they, Kajetan and the rest of them, what did they, just simplify it for our listeners, what did they want Luther to do? There was one word, he kept saying to him, recant. Just say one word, retract or recant, give it up, say it's all wrong. And they came at him over and over and over again, retract, recant. So how did Luther respond to that? Because this would have been a lot of pressure on him. He's, he's, oh, what, what we don't realise sometimes is his life is at stake here. He's in front of the world church of the time. The entire world is watching. Everybody's against him, more or less, saying he's wrong theologically. Well, not everybody, but the church itself. They're telling him to recant. How did he react under this pressure? Well, he he, he talked to the cardinal and, and he said, let's see where I'm wrong. Let's take the Bible and find out. And Cadgerton says, hey, my dear son, when I didn't come here to dispute with you, retract or prepare to suffer the penalty you've deserved. And so Luther is really on the, he's, he's given no chance to explain himself. He's given no chance to show that it's true from the Bible. He just says, retract or else. So how did Luther leave this great confrontation? Obviously, they're not going to let him talk. So what did he do? Oh, well, he, uh, he then, uh, when he had to re- retract, he sent him a letter and said, this is it. And he wrote, in fact, twice to the mm-hmm. Cardinal while he was there yep. in Augsburg. And uh, he also drew an appeal up and sent it off to the, uh, put it on the cathedral gates when I leave, to the Pope. So he writes letters and he puts it all down in writing. He wanted a discussion, didn't he? He wanted to talk. He, that's right. And he was never, ever either here or in Worms. He was never allowed to discuss it or say a word, they're my books, you retract them. That was all I wanted. Yeah, very sad. So he, he leaves Augsburg and goes home. Does he get home safely? Yes, he does. This time he does. He left on Wednesday, the 18th of October, and he left riding a pony yep. without a saddle, yep. without boots or spurs. He's unarmed and he's led to a small gate in the wall that had been left open for him, and he gallops away, and he gets home. I think the thing that 
none of us or none of them would have seen. He may have been unarmed. He may have been on a pony. It might have seemed like he was very much alone, but the armies of heaven rode with him on that day. They sure did. They were with him all the time because he was bringing the truth that God has given us in the Bible. Can we follow this story up next week, Harold, and look at what happened after that? And I'm thinking about further confrontations between Luther and Eck because it's pretty stirring stuff. Why, why don't we go to Mainz next time and see his great story there? Yeah, I, I think that the Lutheran church that came out of Martin Luther's ministry, I guess in some sense we are all descendants of Martin Luther, but particularly the Lutheran church and Lutherans, and if you're a Lutheran out there, you can be very proud of Martin Luther, your founder. He sure. was he is a tremendous warrior for God in very difficult times. What would you like Amen. to say we can learn from this story of Luther as we close? Well, if he put the Bible first and he found how you're saved, what else do you need? Put the Bible first and believe that you're saved in Jesus Christ. He actually put the Bible first at risk of his life. He did. Great story, Harold. Wonderful having you here, and I, I look forward to part two of this story next week. Next week, we'll check out again. God All bless you, brother. Thanks, mate. See ya. You're listening to The Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Is it too late to get your stuff into the Aussie past? Oh, no, there's still space for some more questions. Are there que- is there room? Have we got questions? Yeah, we've got a few. Let me see. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you even so. Text us 0488 or send us your questions via email, info at aussiepasta.com. So if they send a question now, I keep yep, saying that. I'll see it. We'll, we'll put it in. So you, you're up live. I'm monitoring the screen as we speak hey, always. wasn't that a fabulous story? It's great. I love that story. <laughs> the story of Martin, Martin Luther is one of my favourites. Yeah, me too. He stirs me up. Yes. The hairs on the back of my neck go up. I hope one day we can raise the money to go <sighs> to Wittenberg, to Worms, to these uh, places. Yeah. Where you know, I learned something today. Yeah. I didn't know St. Peter's was partially paid for by indulgences. Uh, it's more than partial, brother. Really? Almost the entire church was built on indulgences. You know, my, my brain wandered. I thought, I wonder if you could buy indulgences in advance for well, crimes you make. And then we, I remembered a story. We, have I, can I tell this quick story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, Ripper. This peasant comes up to Tetzel, who was yes. in this story. Yes. And he says to him, can I buy indulgences? And I don't, I don't say this in any mockery. No, but this I do. Is, the, no, no, we can't afford to. That's true. We can't afford to. No. We, we, we're, we're sharing the gospel of Jesus. But it's such a great we, story. We never mock anyone when we're trying to call people to Jesus. True. Uh, and if, if, if you're out there and you believe in indulgences, we don't say this in any way to offend you or, or to cause harm. It, it's just a, it's a true story of what happened. So this peasant comes up to Tetzel and says, could I buy indulgences? And these are these are little pieces of paper that absolve you of sin. Mm. So you pay the money, you're absolved of sin. Yes. Easy way to get out of sin, isn't it? Yeah, adultery was, you know, $5. Just, and, yeah, that's and right. And so that a lot of price. Well, well, it was for whatever Tetzel decided to... That's right, levy. Yeah, to levy. Mm. Can I get forgiveness for sins in advance? True story. Just a true story. And Tetzel says, yes, well, I can buy it. And he says, I want to be sure that you get this. I can buy an indulgence for a sin I'll commit in the future. Yeah, yeah, sure. So he hands over the money and he buys this indulgence. 
Tetzel's going through the woods with a casket full of gold from the sale of these indulgences, gold that he, the Archbishop, and the Pope and St. Peter's was going to get. This guy holds him up and robs him. Yep. But he's forgiven because yes. he's pre-bought yes. an indulgence, an indulgence. Which, which actually shows the absurdity of indulgences. Indeed. Fortunately, it's a practice that's not so much around yeah, it's faded. these days because yep. it's one of those things you don't want. Anyway, let's move on. Great story. Yes. Thank you, Harold Harker. Thank this you, song, Harold. Yep. I think it's talking a little bit about what Martin Luther believed. All my hope. What? All my hope. All my hope is in Jesus. What's my hope? That he will take my sins. Hang on a moment. I've got queued up. God's grace still amazes me. Strike one, Lloyd. <laughs> we count each mistake each of us makes. Yeah, so after the after the event we can laugh at each and other. And I got my I ran out and got my glasses you too, did. Hunty. You did. Same thing. God's same grace thing. same thing. Yes. God's grace still amazes me. This was about grace. Oh thank you, Lord, for giving us the right song. That's right. We've got two in a row here that work. Yeah, we do. God's grace is saying, Hey, you can go to him. On your knees. If you can't get on your knees, that's like Hunty and I struggle to get on our knees. Yeah. Bad knees, bad legs. Too fat. No. I'm speaking for myself. <laughs> no, you're a picture of health, bro. Thanks, mate. Yeah, great picture of yeah, health. Thanks. If only the viewers That's why I'm see. on radio. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can go to Jesus. You can repent of your sins. He will take them to the cross and pay the price for them. He's already done it. Yes. All you got to do is repent and give them to him. That's it. The moment you do that, he clears you of that sin. He becomes your saviour. Hunty, mm. you're ready for heaven. So beautiful. You don't have to do indulgences. You don't have to do penance. You mm. don't have to go see no priest, no mm. preacher, mm. no pastor to ask for forgiveness of your sins. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Mm. No man. What do you say? No, no man, man comes, comes to the, to the Father, Father except, except says Jesus, through me. So yep. go to Jesus. Go to God himself. That's Jesus. Mm. Go to God. Give him your sins. He pays the penalty and believe. Mm. That's Martin that's Luther. It. Yeah, that's Martin Luther's... Preaching, teaching, yes. it was his life. It lit him up. He didn't get everything right, Martin Luther, but he got this right. And it's a beautiful gospel and doctrine God gave him. And that's what this song's about by the Lindsays. Another new group, Hunty. Yep. God's grace, and it does too. God's grace, that's what this is we're talking about. God's grace, Hunty. It amazes you. Yes. It amazes me. It still amazes anybody. And that's what this song's about. <laughs>
everything's alright Cause in my heart I know that I am safe Oh and how I long to do God's will Yes I know I failed Him still But I'm so glad that His grace That fires this Aussie boy up. <laughs> it's a ripper. Oh, God's it. amazing grace. It is incredible when you've been a sinner like me and you've fallen down so far and Jesus comes and puts his arms around you and says, I forgive you and I'll take you and I'll use you. That grace, man, it fires me, Hunty. I'm mm. listening to that song. Yep. I got both my. I'm, I, I'm. I'm not listening. We're not talking here. No, we've both got our earphones on. I got to go home. and I'm going to listen to that song again. Mm. God's amazing grace. Yep. Beautiful song by the Lindsays, and it's all about what Luther was talking about. Now, if you want that grace, you've got to pray. And I want to just spend a couple of minutes talking about prayer. And if you don't know much about prayer and you want to go to God and you want to experience this grace, this thing where God takes your sins, pays for them on the cross, and gives you eternal life, it's that simple, hunty, and it's that beautiful. If you want it, you're going to have to pray. And this is Jesus talking about prayer, hunty. Yep. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. We're going from the message today. Hunty struggles a bit with this version. <laughs> yeah, I'm used to the complicated King James version. This straightforward plain English trips me up. <laughs> it's beautiful, this. This is Jesus. It is good. He's saying, in this little passage, he's saying, Hey, Aussie boy, Aussie girl, I know you're living in a country that doesn't believe who I am. And I know you're living in a place that's caught up in secularism and sport and all that. And not that that's all bad either, Hunty. That's right. He says, I know that's where you're living. I know you're caught up in a country where getting ahead at work and owning a whole heap of stuff and being successful financially is a big deal. He says it's not. He says, Aussie boy and girl, come and talk to me. Come and pray and I'll give you the one thing you can't buy, that you can't earn, that you can't get for yourself. Grace. What's grace again? Mm. It's God taking your sins to yep. the cross and giving you eternal life in, yep. in return. So this is how this is what Jesus says about coming to him and praying, hunty. Verse mm. 5, go. It's good counsel. And when you come before God, don't turn that into a theatrical production either 
All these people making a regular show out of their prayers, hoping for 15 minutes of fame. Do you think God sits in a box seat? <laughs> He's talking about the Pharisees back there. Yeah, yes. I suppose sometimes you could still see this in church today. I hope not. But people get up the front and pontificate in their hey, prayers. I've been to a church where sometimes they get up to pray and they preach a sermon. Okay. Look how great I, I am. I haven't seen that for a long time. No, I haven't either. That's true. Most True. prayers you see in church these days, people are talking from their yeah, heart. Yeah, pretty good. And I like that. All yeah. he's saying there is, hey, if you're going to pray publicly, even in the public, talk to me from your heart. See, Jesus is not interested. He's not interested in you praying to him out of a prayer book. He's not interested in you reciting some prayer off that you've learned somewhere else at church, Sunday school, wherever. He wants you to pray, hunty, from the depths of your heart. That's it. Heart to heart. Yep. Okay, go on, Hunter. Okay, here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role-play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. Keep going. The focus will shift from you to God, and you will begin to sense his grace. Yeah, wonderful stuff. Mm. I told you how I, uh, when my little girl, I told you, didn't I, about Hannah? Tell us again. That's a great story. I found a quiet, secluded place to pray. My walk-in wardrobe. When you've got two kids under five, hunty, <laughs> there's yes. action in that house. Yes, you got to find a quiet place. So, I had a walk-in wardrobe back then. I don't. Yeah, I still have one in my shed, don't I? I still have one. I don't have to escape That's anymore. A big though. one, though. It is in the ripper. shed. Yeah, yes. it's not bad. Um, I went in there. I'd close the door and I talked to God. Oh, I can still remember those beautiful, blessed times with God in that walk and wardrobe. My little girl, she was under five. I can't remember how old she was, honey. She's a little one. Yeah, four, maybe three. She's watching me go into this walk and wardrobe and she, she's trying to work out what daddy's doing. So one day I go in there, I close the door because I'm trying to get away from all the noise, trying to do yeah, what yeah, Jesus yeah, said here. Yeah. I start praying, talking to the Lord, just heart to heart, just talking to him like, you're one of my best mates, hunty. I talk to you heart to heart. All, we heart we to do. heart all the time. We have a lot of heart to hearts. Yeah. I mean, this whole ministry, we're talking heart to heart. We do. Uh, it's how we get through. We're, we're heart to heart mates. Well, yeah. God yeah. and me are heart to heart friends too. I start to pray to God and I'm talking to him and I hear the wardrobe door open, but it's opening slowly, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know? Yep. And I hear these little feet, bit about a bit about So beautiful. I feel like crying when I tell this story. Yeah, it's a beauty. She gets down on her knees next to me because she worked out what I was doing. I'm crying, man. I hate Oh, that. yeah. <sighs> but she saw what you were doing. and She gets and down she, on her knees. Yeah. I thought, man, what do I do? Come on, the Lord impressed me. Just keep praying. So I just kept praying. And she puts her little hand in mine. Oh. And for 20 minutes, she's kneeling there on her knees. Wow, that's a long time for a little kid. <sighs> Didn't say a word. She gets up at the end. And I said, what were you doing? She said, oh, Dad, you were talking to Jesus, and I thought I would too. Oh, love it. <sighs> It's such a beautiful And time. that's what this text's all about. Yeah, it's talking. Get into a quiet place with God. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's impacted her to this day. That call on Jesus that he's got on her to this day comes from those sorts of experiences when she was a kid. So don't think kids don't watch you when you're having this sort of experience with Jesus. But if you're hurt, get into your wardrobe or somewhere quiet. Sometimes you've just got to go into the bathroom or the toilet, aren't you? Lock the door. Yeah, any quiet place you can Anywhere. find. Anywhere. Yep. And I sometimes pray in my car. That's a great place. When to my go. kids were little, I get into the car and close the door. My best prayer is now when I wake up in the morning and I'm lying in bed. That's nice. Yep. It's dark outside. Well, not so much now. Daylight savings <laughs> coming in, <laughs> Which you love, the I light. know. Oh, <laughs> the light seems to be beating me. I have great 
conversations with the Lord before I, I, I get up out of bed and when I go to bed. Sometimes, I don't know whether you do this, Hunty, I wake up in the middle of the night. Yes. I talk to the Lord. Yes. It's awesome. And I tell him everything. Yep. I mean, sometimes I have, you know me pretty well now, I have these real bad falls into sin. We all do, Andrew. We do. You're denying that, you're denying reality. I talk to him about what I've done, how sorry I am, how I want to overcome that, how I need him. I talk to him about my weaknesses. Don't talk to me much about my strengths, but about my weaknesses I do. Mm. Okay, keep going, verse 13. I think think they get the idea. Yeah, yeah. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. These are people who claim that they're great exponents. You know what? They claim they're masters. They do master classes sometimes. Yeah, PhDs in prayer. (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you are dealing with. And he knows better than you what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply. Like okay, this. yeah, yeah, you can pray. Yes. And, and that's the whole point. Yes. Pray simply. Pray from your heart. Yep. I'm going to say it again, Hunty. Not from a prayer book. Don't no. recite your prayers. When, when I'm talking to you, do you, want, do you want me to recite? Bring a script. Do you want me to recite some script I learned or do you want to hear no, from? No, I want to hear from you. When you're talking to your wife, does she want to hear you or she want to hear you scripted? I don't want to hear the same story she told me yesterday. You don't want to hear even... Or well, the day <laughs> you, before. Most prayer books, you just read you, the same you, thing. You better be careful saying that. <laughs> <laughs> My <laughs> wife loves me. <laughs> and she's listening too. Love you, darling. <laughs> yeah, he's softening things up. That's exactly right what you're saying though, Andrew Hunt. True. God wants, wants to, to hear, hear from, from you. you. Exactly. He wants to hear from you, not from some prayer book or what someone wrote down in some poetic thing years ago. He wants to hear from you. Correct. And then he gives us this little prayer, Hunty. Just go right through to verse 13 and then we'll stop. Okay. Our Father in heaven, reveal who you are. This is what Jesus said. This is how you're to pray. And he didn't say you've got to pray this way every time. He's just giving you a, what do you call it, Hunty? A suggestion. He's just saying this is how you can pray. Try to do it like this. And then, he, mm. and then Jesus, who's talking to his disciples and you and me, he prays his prayer to his Father in heaven. And so he lets the disciples and us today see him praying to God heart to heart. And this is what he says. Okay, start again, Hunt. Yeah, and for those of you who are old, you probably remember the Lord's Prayer as Our Father which art in heaven. But here it is in the message version. It's a, Our you, Father. Had to say, you had to say that. <laughs> well, I just it's just so different to what I learned as a it's kid. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. Go, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our Father in heaven, reveal who you are. Set the world right. I mean, with Putin and Ukraine. Oh, please, and Lord. You men and the famines in the Horn of Africa, set the world right. That's a pretty good one to pray. Yep. Do what's best. As above, so below. So he's just saying, do things are going well in heaven? Can you yep. do, do that? Same down here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep us alive with three square meals. That's a good one, Hunty. It is. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. That's a big one too. Money of the world wars that are fought today because people can't forgive. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. You are in charge. How, how big is that? It's huge. Yeah. You can do anything you want. You're a blaze in beauty. Yes, yes, yes. Love it. Mm. So if you've never prayed before, I want to encourage you today, get down on your knees if you can, go somewhere quiet if you can. If you can't find somewhere in your house, get out. Take an umbrella, it might rain, mm. if you're living in Sydney anyway. <laughs> yeah. Get out. 
talk to the Lord without any interruptions, get into a habit of it. I suggest from the beginning that you start talking to the Lord before you start your day and before you end your day. There's a good start. Yep. And if you like Hunter, you'll keep the line between him and you open, open. all day. You will. You will. Prayer's a beautiful mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we encourage you with all we have to it. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Oh, no, I'm harping on a little bit today, Hunty, but is it too late to get to the Aussie Pastor? No, it's absolutely plenty yeah. of time. You can text us or you can email us. The text number is 0488880851 and the email address is info at aussiepastor.com. Send us your questions. All my hope, Gold City, this is my favourite group at the moment, my go-to group. Hope you enjoy this song. been held by the Savior I felt fire from above I've been down to the river I ain't the same I brought a girl's return
welcome to the program this afternoon. An old friend of mine from a long, long way back, Kim Lomas. How are you? I'm well, Lloyd. How are you? Good, good, good. Um, I was just trying to remember the other day how long we've known each other. I reckon it's uh, 30 plus years. Possibly. I would say that's probably pretty close. It is. Can I give some background to our listeners just on my first, uh, I guess you could say, meetings with you? It was in yeah. your home. I was a young <laughs> pastor, very, very young. I think about 26. That's a long time ago. <laughs> and I was um, doing some Bible studies with your wife. Do you remember that? Yeah, yep, I do. And uh, well, yeah, I do. But I, you know, <laughs> what I remember is you hanging around in the kitchen a little bit while we're doing these Bible studies. I don't know whether you were yeah. cooking or what you were doing, but anyway, let's go back to the beginning because I want to find out a bit about your life because God's done some great things in you. Um, where were you uh, born? I was born in um, Hobart. In uh, Tasmania. I never knew in that. In the 50s. Yeah. Yeah, I was born down there and um, had a really great childhood down there. Yep. Until a few things happened, but, you know. Um, yeah, I really, really loved living in Tassie. I mean, it, um, it set up kind of a lot of things for me, I guess. Did you grow up in a Christian home? No, I didn't. But um, I only went to church kind of um, for funerals or weddings like most people I guess okay so you you're a you're a normal you had a normal pretty much a normal Aussie upbringing yep I did I was like everyone else my parents drunk and smoked and all those kind of things yeah partied yep yeah so barbecues you know all those things family get-togethers my parents split up and um, when I was about Twelve, and um, my mum took off to Sydney to live with her father and his partner. Yep. And I, my brother and I, lived at home with my dad. And then um, we lived there for about six months. And then at the end of '68, uh, my mum picked my brother and I up from school and took us to Sydney. She virtually kidnapped us. Oh, okay. Wow. You, did your dad try yeah. to get you back, or did he? Um, I think it was a bit hard because he was committed to work and the house and, um, you know, I think he was pretty shocked when it all happened too. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, so. So how yeah. did you end up on the Gold Coast from Sydney? Well, my mum was killed in a car accident on um, Anzac Day. My, my, yeah, Anzac Day, she was killed by a... Uh, drunken servicemen returning home from Anzac Day celebrations. And um, so my dad came and picked my brother and I up and we moved to the Gold Coast. That was in May 1969. Do you still surf? No, I haven't for a while because I had a skin cancer on my nose and then I took six months off and then I took another six months and then um, my knee started playing up and put yeah. a bit of weight on and... <laughs> I went out a couple of times and went, oh, yeah, I can still do it. But then I I, um, I, I probably could still do it and I might still get back into it, you know. I've got a board that's suitable for me, so. Well, that's about yeah. 10 feet long, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Nearly nine foot six. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for those of you who don't surf, the longer the board, the easier it is to paddle and the easier it is to surf. Was the surfing so, culture yeah. a good culture back then? Yeah, it was great. I mean, 
there were good parts and there were, I mean, not knowing Jesus then, you know, we really lived life to the fullest, you know, yeah. and people sometimes say to me, oh, but you love that. You sound like you really love that life and you miss it. Yeah. And, yeah, I did love life because we, um, you know, we surfed hard and partied hard. Yeah. And, you know, all we lived for was just surfing and, and, and then when you couldn't surf, it was partying. Yeah, yeah. You know? So, yeah, I really, we made the most of our lives, you know. We really went hard at it. Back know? in those days, did you ever think about Jesus or following Jesus or was it just not even in um, Look, sometimes I'd read a pamphlet that someone may have dropped into the shop where I was working or whatever, and I kind of guess I must have been a type of spiritual spiritual person, but, you know, surfing is like a spiritual experience. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, when you go out at dawn and you're yeah, early and, yeah, you know, yeah. you're looking at the headland and you're going like, this is just too good to be true. It can be you quite know, spiritual so, out there, can't it? When, it, it, yeah, it if is. you get you know, a... You get a smooth day and you've got three or four foot waves coming in, but a break between the, the waves. Um, you can have quite spiritual experiences out there in the water if you're by yourself and yeah, it's you quiet. Can. Yeah, yeah. But even the camaraderie and the, and with the guys, you know, like all yeah. your mates and stuff, it's it's a shared experience. and It is. You know, and it's it is it is something that you just it's hard to describe, you know. It's not a competitive thing. It's I mean yeah. it does get competitive. Yeah. You know, everyone's trying to get the biggest wave and yeah. the best wave, the longest wave or the most waves. But um, you know, it, it's such a um oh, it's just a mind blowing thing really, you know, and you get a barrel or whatever and you know. I came from water skiing to surfing and mm. It was a culture, and I was a young pastor, but I actually, and I came to it as a Christian, but I actually really enjoyed the culture, the camaraderie, yeah. the friendships that were made, the ease yeah. it is to talk to fellow surfers, as long as you're yeah. not cutting in on their wave or something or other. Yeah, um, dropping in on them, they hate you. <laughs> yeah, but I enjoyed it. Um, is it. Was it surfing that took you to Brothers Nielsen? Yeah, well, yes, it was, because one of my mates, Tony Elbrington, um, he was sponsored by Brothers Nielsen, and he took me in there to meet, you know, one of the Nielsen brothers, Leonard Nielsen. Yep. And um, we got to talking, and, and uh, I started working Saturday mornings. Yep. Every Saturday morning, I'd go to work, and then I'd work all the school holidays. Yep. Uh, in the shop in Service Paradise, so, you know, we'd come to work early, get our boards out of the boardroom and go for a surf and then go to work and surf at lunchtime if it was any good and, and after work. And, you know, it's like surfing. I had the dream job, you know. It was like – and then when I finished school, I went straight to work in the shop, in the yep. Brothers Nielsen surf shop. And um, Did you work your yeah. way up in the company? Yeah, I did, yeah. What did in, you end um, up doing for them? Well, well, in 70, I started work there in 72, and then in 1982, they offered me um, 10% of the company. Yep. And um, so I didn't have any money because um, you spend it on surfing or drinking or partying. Yeah, yeah. Or all the other things. Yep. But I went, my dad had a shop in Cavill Avenue in Surface Paradise, a takeaway, a food, takeaway food shop. Yep. And... Um, 
I went down there and asked Dad, I told Dad what was happening and he went to the fridge and pulled out $2,000 and gave it to me. Wow. Yeah, and um, so I went back and then here's the money and I kind of went, wow, that was pretty quick. I went, oh, yeah, I went down and saw Dad and he grabbed the money and gave it to me. So, yeah, so in 1982 I became a director of the company. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so if you look back in your life, it's the life basically of a surfer. Um, yep. You would have actually got to meet some pretty famous surfers, I would have thought, with brothers. And those of you who don't know who Brothers Nielsen was, don't think they're around now, are they? No, no, no. We lost our business during the GFC. Um, look, there's a, there's a lot of things that happened. And yeah. basically our, our, our suppliers like Billabong, Quicksilver, Rip Curl became our competitors. Yeah. Yeah, you know they all opened shops, um, and you know we couldn't change our business model quickly enough, and we went into administration, and we couldn't get out of that. Yeah, uh, we had an investor come in, and we we actually sold our business to some people, a surf company in Europe. Yep, while the GFC was on, but um, and they gave us some money as a deposit, and then um, they couldn't raise the capital to buy the business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we went under yeah. in 2008. was a pretty uh, famous surfing company. Um, yeah, it was. Look, Paul Nielsen won the Smirnoff in 72, Yeah, which was like the, like the ultimate professional surfing contest at that yeah, time, and yeah. he won 5,000 US dollars, and that, Virtually started the business. Yeah. And his brother Rick was a really great surfer too. Yeah. And then the other brother involved in the business was Len. Yeah. And he, he was the one that had the retail background. Yeah. He worked for um, Peter Drawn's dad in surface. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so. All right. Yeah, well, so, you know. God, yeah. God, God was in this though, wasn't he? Um, yeah. Yeah. He, he, he was, was in there all the time. T- tell us, and this is what I'm really interested in with you. Tell us some. I, I, I kind of feel an affinity with you with the surfing. I think you're into the culture a lot more than me. I can still remember that <laughs> Brothers Nielsen store at what's that shopping centre halfway up the Gold Coast? Um, Pacific Fair. Yeah, Pacific Fair. And I'd walk in there with my mouth open. I kind of felt like I knew someone famous because I knew you and I knew you were one <laughs> of the owners. I never used that though. I never tried to use that. I never asked you for any cheap surfing gear. Do you remember that ever? <laughs> In fact, to my shame, I used to buy my boards off a guy called Nev, who was another shaper up there on the... I don't even know whether yeah, he's around Nev, any... Nev, Nev's a Christian guy, you know. Yeah, he was a, is he around still or...? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he, used to, sure he, is. he used to shape boards yeah. and put all my little fancy monograms and colours that I want. So I remember one board I got to put a big eye on the bottom of it because someone told me that would keep the sharks away. <laughs> the all-seeing eye, eh? Yeah, the all-seeing eye. <laughs> Tell me how you found Jesus. Tell us about your conversion to Jesus because that's what really matters um, in your life. Yeah, yeah, look, as, as when I was mentioning that, people go, oh, you really love that life. I went, yeah, but... The life I have now is so much better, mm, you know, mm. so much more focused, so much. I know where I'm going. I know what I'm doing. How did Jesus um, get you? How did he find you? Well, look, I guess, you know, it's kind of like a combination lock, yeah. how I think about it, with about 50,000 little tumblers that move. Yep. I mean, you had a part in that because um, 
that very early piece, and you knew that, um, you know, I, was, I had a few struggles with drugs mm, and alcohol. Mm, mm. And, um, you know, and my wife really, I guess prayer had a big part of it. But one of the things that happened was that, you know, you came to our place and you, and my wife said to you, oh, we're not married and we've got a child. Mm. And you said to her, well, I'm not here to break up break up your partnership. Mm. I'm here to, you know, to... To offer you Jesus, you know, to, mm. to tell you about Jesus, and that, and a few people in that time were very non-judgmental about my behaviours and stuff like that. Mm. So, um, I guess people praying for me, and then one pastor finally did crack it, and he was having Bible study. I don't know why she had so many Bible studies. I guess it was going to be. One day I'd have to say yes because, I'd, <laughs> you know, there was yourself and then um, George Munoz and then yep. um, and then um, Lloyd. There was another Lloyd, yep. and I've forgotten his surname yep. now. Yeah, um, that was the pastor of the church, and he said to me, "Oh, do you want to come down and have a study about Daniel and Revelation?" And I was drinking a beer, and I said, "Oh." Okay, and my Max came out, my son, and said, Dad, do you want to come now? You know, yeah. I want you to come to that Bible study. And I said, nah, okay, next week I promise I'll have a Bible study. Yep. Okay. And so that following week I started doing a uh, Daniel and Revelation um, seminar or a Bible study, and I started to see the things in Daniel that about, you know, the, the great statue. Mm. You know the gold our yeah. feet. And, for know, those of our listeners who don't know, for our listeners who don't know what that is, it's just a great prophecy in Daniel two about the future yeah. of the world. Yeah, go on, mate. That's right. Yeah, and anyway, I started to see that you know this stuff is true. Yeah, you know, I because I, I'd I'd been to grade twelve and I'd um I wasn't well I'm not as intelligent as I'd like to be, but. <laughs> I was intelligent enough to see or, or understand that all this history about the Greeks, the Medes and Persians and the Romans and and what's happening in Europe and, and what's happening now, that Jesus actually predicted it. This yeah. was all going to happen this way. And, yep. um, you know, to me it was a logical thing. I think, you know, for what I believe, it's very logical. Mm, um, mm, mm, mm. And that was really appealed to me that um, if you did the study and, and understood it, which, you know, the Spirit helps you to understand these things if you ask him to do it, that, that's, that's really what started to convince me about the truth of the Bible. Good. Um, Good. How yeah, long did so, that take? Know, did that take a long time or did it pretty much straight away? Yeah, it did. It did because I was struggling with this thing of my own problems of smoking and drinking and drugs. Um you know, to I wanted to I wanted to get rid of all that, and I and doing it on my own power, I found was just too hard to do. So, um, what, what what brought the breakthrough? You, you're doing these Bible studies. What brought the breakthrough for you and Jesus, where you come to the point where you say, "Yep, I'm going to follow this man, Jesus." This guy. Well, I think there's a few break points. There was one where I really started to believe that Jesus was the Son of God. Yep. Um, I'd studied, and then one day I was sitting in church, and this person came up and did this thing about habit, and he'd written habit on the um, 
and I was really struggling with smoking cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And that was the hardest thing to give up. I, the drugs were and alcohol were easy compared to that. Yeah. But he wrote habit on the board, you know, H A B I T, and then he wrote a bit A B I T, and then he wrote bit, yep. and then he wrote it, yep. and then he had the T there, and it was shaped as the cross. Oh wow! Yeah, you know, and I went. Man, I can do this. Yeah. You know, and I prayed and prayed and prayed. And that's really that turning point where I started to. But, you know, then again, I was still trying to do it under my own steam. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Like, yeah. like being perfect, that then I can get baptized. And like now I realized, oh, what a fool I was because yeah. he, he said, come as you are. Yeah. You yeah. know, and then I'll fix you, you know. Yeah, that's how and, it works. That's how it works. So, yeah, so then I was baptised on the 11th of the 11th, 2000. Yep. And then, um, but then, you know, when you're growing in Christ, um, there were things around the corner like losing the business, which I didn't think were going to happen. And then some other, some big other issues happened for me. But then in 2006, a couple of people come to our church, Graham, Michelle Hood, and we started doing Celebrate Recovery, a 12-step program. Yep. And then that gave me another level, and I got even a deeper relationship with Christ that now he kind of took over my whole life because there were things on the horizon like we're going to lose the business, which we yep. lost. And then um, in April 1st, 2010, I was diagnosed with um, bowel cancer. Yep. And so... That's a serious cancer, this, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, you know, that was from a lifestyle of drinking and partying and, you yep. know, yep. I believe anyway. Yep. And, um, yeah, so that that kind of... I, was, I got over that and then I started surfing a lot more and I started becoming a vegetarian because I wanted to preserve my health. Yep. And... Um, yeah, so then we were still doing this 12-step program. Well, we then, then Graham Michelle wrote one called Recovery Road, which is a more Christian, well, one for that suits uh, suits us, you know. And, um, and then, um, yeah, and I still run that program uh, to this day. So because there's always a tension in people's life. I deal with trying to help other um drug addicts or porn addicts or drinking or whatever problem you've got, we run a program to fix that because there's this tension for Christians, you know. Yeah. Like Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But then in Romans it says, you know, Romans 7.15, for what I'm doing I do not understand, for what I will to do that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. Yeah. So, you know, on the one hand, God can do anything, but on the other hand, you're struggling with this kind of sin problem, you know, yeah, that yeah. can be there forever. So is your is your life now dedicated to helping people who are caught up in what? What, yes. are, you, what are you doing now for Jesus? Well, we do this 12-step recovery program, and we've got people from a couple of different churches coming. Yep. And... um I'm just amazed at what people have to go through sometimes, you know. So that 12-step recovery program is to help people in drugs or alcohol? Yeah, yeah, anything. You know, a lot of people are workaholics. Yep. Even people in the church, you know, they've got to go, if I don't do this, I won't be good enough. So so is it it to help people who have got 
what bad habits? Well, it's to help anyone. I mean, you could even do it because all all it does is focuses on like that. What I read in Romans seven fifteen, yeah. everyone struggles with that yep. in some way. Yep, you know. Yep, and. The recovery program, all it does is strengthens your relationship with Jesus. So if people want to do that recovery program, how will they get in contact with you guys? Um, good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, they, I can give you my number off air and they can ring you or whatever. Is that is that how you do it? Yeah, why not? Text us on... Uh Oh four eight 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 zero eight five one. Now yes. the reason I have to say that's because Hunty can't remember it. <laughs> yeah, text us on our, uh, on our number and we'll send you uh, Kim's details. That's zero four double eight double eight zero eight five one. I got it, Hunty. The unpacked. <laughs> you know, but one of the things that people don't understand that you know this this trying to recover from drugs or alcohol or whatever, yep. some people might have been doing that for 20 or 30 years. Mm. You know, it's not a quick fix. No, no. Some habits you know that, I mean? that take a long time to develop and yeah. they become monsters in our lives. It takes a while to kill the monster. That's um, right. Sometimes there's yeah. this idea that Jesus comes into your life and everything's okay. It's it's actually not how it works. It's more like Jesus will go through the journey with you, isn't it, and, and help right. you. That's right. He, he's there to hold your hand, you know, because yep. you've got to do some work about this. You know, one of the things I talk to people about is how do you know what you believe is true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. About yourself. Yeah. You know, because people get some ideas about themselves that they're not good enough. That's you know, right. they, might have been sexu- they might have been sexually abused and go, oh, man, I'm worthless or whatever. Yeah. You know, whatever the, the pain they're going through. Or the emotions, because emotions can lie to you. They used to lie to me. So I used to go, "Geez, I feel like getting stoned, or I feel like getting drunk." Yeah, you know. Yeah. But it's only a feeling. Yeah. So this twelve <laughs> step, this twelve yeah. step recovery. Do do you do people come to you guys and do it, or is it online, or how do they do it? Yeah, we've got it online. We've got it on. We have a, three or four people doing it at the moment. We run about. 12, 12, um, 12 um, programs a week. Oh, well, really? Yeah, but the last 12 weeks. So, you know, someone will come in at step one is about denial. Yeah. You know, realize I'm not God. Yeah. That's yeah. a big thing, you know. One of the things I was reading yesterday, which really kind of blew me away when I th- thought about it, was God created us and we did him a favor and created him. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. People, people think they God is like this or God is like that. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But you know, and then you go back to, well, how do you believe that's true? Yeah. What makes you think that way? Mm. You know. So when you've got an addiction of anything, any sort, you've really got to start thinking about the why. Yeah. You know. Yeah. For me, it was because I could, I didn't deal with my mother's death. Okay. Yep. And, neither did, and neither did my brother. Yep. You know, grief is a real powerful emotion yeah. that can haunt people for years, you know. Mm. Um, and so he was a heroin addict, you know, and I was a drug addict too, but not a heroin one. Yeah, you know, yeah. I smoked pot and took acid, mush, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I was pointing my finger at him. Going, you're you're a stupid drug addict, but I was one too. Yeah, you know that's how silly it is. You know, 
Well, so look, yeah, he didn't he didn't deal with my mum's death either. So we're we're, yeah. we're out of time, um, but I want to ask you one last question. What would you say to some young bloke out there like you, who's growing up, who's getting caught into drugs and that lifestyle? What would, what would be your advice, or even what would be your advice to yourself if you could go back 30, 40 years? Oh, look, I've, I've thought about that a lot, you know. Um, when you do a recovery program, you've got to deal with the past and make amends to all those people you've hurt. Um, but, you know, people think that it's a cool life. You know, they think, oh, that's cool. Like I've talked about peer pressure. A lot of that stuff's about peer pressure. Don't yeah. be sucked into what your mates believe, you know. Yeah. True friends want, what, want what's best for each other. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, look, sometimes you cannot uh, – I've got five kids and I only give them advice when they ask for it <laughs> because otherwise it's pointless. You're wasting your time and you're wasting their time. Yeah. But sometimes people have got to go through these experiences – to find out that there's a new life at the end, you know? And that's Jesus. Because sometimes you just can't tell people, you yeah, know? That's right. But the thing in, in, in AA, they say you can tell a drunk, but you can't tell him much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And that's a truism that for any kind of addiction, yeah, you know, yeah. whether it's work addiction, sex addiction, people addiction, drugs, alcohol, Sometimes they've just got to come to the bottom. But when they get to the bottom, the rock's there. That rock is Jesus. Love it. Love it. You know what I mean? I know exactly so what you mean. how you fall, he's always there. Yeah. And he's going to pick you up if you let him. Yep. If you let him pick you up, then he'll bring you back into the, the light. You yeah. know, you'll become out of the darkness into the light. Fantastic, Tim. It's been wonderful to talk to you today. I wish we had more time, but we're out. I want to wish you all okay. the best up there on the Gold Coast. I'll see you when I get up there sometime. And, okay, uh, Lloyd, I look forward to seeing you. Maybe uh, two old men who've got too much weight on can go for a surf together one day. I well, don't know. At least you can go for a swim. <laughs> <laughs> that might be safer for us both. <laughs> Between the flags. <laughs> yeah. There you are making me laugh. <laughs> All right, brother. It's good to talk to you. Thanks, thanks, mate. We'll see you next time. Catch you later. Yeah, thank you, guys. Bye-bye. God bless. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. That between the flags made me laugh, Auntie. Have you ever swum between the flags in your life? I do now. Do you now? I do. I think that's why I laugh. Yeah, I I, I don't want to stress the life. No, no, no. no. Uh, This this song, I think, is true uh, for my mate's life. Jesus is the answer. This is from C.C. Winnin, someone you know pretty well, eh? Yeah, they used to be B.B. and C.C. Winans back in the 80s. Is it two people, is it? Yeah, now it's just uh, Cece. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love, I, I know Kim, he would say this is my song too, mm. because Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer, sing it with me, for the world today. Above him there's no other, Jesus is the way. Above him there's no other Jesus is the way If 
you have some questions in the corners of your mind traces of discouragement and peace you cannot find reflections of your past seems to face you every day but this one thing I know for sure is Jesus is the way Jesus Jesus is the answer for the world today above him there's no other Jesus is the way Jesus is the answer oh yeah for the world today above him there's no I know you've got some mountains that you think you cannot climb And I know sometimes your skies are dark and you think the sun won't shine In case you don't know, let me tell you the word of God is true And everything he's promised I know he'll do it for you, Jesus. Jesus is the answer. So glad about for it. the world today. But there's no other. Jesus. Jesus is the way. Jesus is Jesus the answer. is the answer for you yeah, the world today. Above him there's no other Jesus is the way Jesus is the answer For the world today Above him there's no other Jesus is the way Jesus Jesus is the answer For the world today there's no other Jesus is the way The truth and the light Jesus is the way The answer to all our problems Jesus is the way Jesus is the answer, hunty Oh yeah, what a good song So not a cliche, is it? It's not, it's the truth Yeah, you're going to have a gap in your heart for the rest of your life Until you let Jesus in doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter what you think about Jesus, whether you believe in him or not. That gap's never going to be filled until you let him in. Hey, Hunty. Yes. You know in that flood that came to me in June? Yes. I'd left my Bible out there. Yes. You uh, left it up uh, high and dry on top of the table. The table, yeah. Now, I was a bit uh, laissez-faire because I thought, because I do a lot of my Bible study in my computer, I thought, oh, well, I'll just go and get it next time. Mm. There was no next there time. There was no next under. time. Mm. I want to thank Kay and Grant. Bladen, yes. today you went and got me a new Bible. It was a gift. It was a gift from those two beautiful people. And they listened to us, their listeners, and I want to thank you because it's a beauty. And it wasn't cheap. <laughs> and? No, it wasn't cheap. And it's a, be- it's a better bike than bike. Bible. Bible. Yes. 
than the last yes. Bible. And the last, wait, the last <laughs> Bible was in 14, 14, 14 point font. Yes. This is in 16. It's super giant <laughs> print. It's beautiful. Oh, I'm very, very happy. It's got new Bible smell. So, Kane Grant, you are my mates. You are, they are my friends outside in life too. Yes. Thank you very much. Indeed. Ah, okay, Hunty. I think we've Ask got the Aussie just pastor. a few minutes. Well, what have we got? We've got five minutes. Let's go. Well, that's, that's probably not bad. Okay. <laughs> this is a good question. Would it be positive for all the Christian religions to join and become one? Yes. Yeah, of course. Jesus prayed. I, You know what Jesus said? He actually said, I, I pray that they will become one. Yes. But there's a caveat. Is that the right word? Yeah, caveat. Caveat to that. Yep. We can only ever become one in the truth of Scripture. You can't compromise truth to get unity in the churches. Does that make sense? Wow, that's very, that's a very you can't do it. Statement. You cannot do it because truth. Jesus said, I've already said it today. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, the truth, and mm. the life. Mm. No man comes to Father but through me. Uh, so yeah, we should join together, but only as the truth is revealed in the Bible. And I talk about Adventists for that one too, because even as Adventists, let me talk about my denomination for a moment, we can wander a bit sometimes individually Mm. from a thus saith the Bible. Mm. So, yeah, of course we could join together if we join together with the Bible as our base. Yep. And the reality is hunting in this world, we ain't going to do that. It's going to be hard. No. Good so, question. It was a good question. Though. Thank you. So unity is always possible when you do the unity in Scripture. That's right. With the Scripture as your base. Yes. I know I'm labouring that. What happens if, if two religions read the same Scripture and earnestly believe they've got the right interpretation? That's a hard question, isn't it? I should, of, I should have wrote that in. <laughs> one, of them, one, of them, one of them is wrong or they're both wrong. And that's possible. I, look, I'll give you an example. Yeah. The Bible talks about the seventh-day Sabbath. Yep. How on earth, at least evangelical Protestant Christian, how on earth, we who claim the Bible and the Bible only, are we not all Sabbath keepers? This is really clear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Bible talks about what happens to you after you die. It says it's asleep. I've asked my my, um, my Baptist friends about that because I've got plenty of Baptist friends, and they think that the Sabbath was done away with at the cross. But the Bible doesn't say it. Well, that's what they believe. My grandfather used to preach this, and he'd say, I'll give you $1,000. That's a lot of money back then. Back in the 40s and 50s. That was a million dollars back then. He'd say, I'll give you $1,000 wow. if you can prove to me from the Bible the Sabbath ever done away with. It wasn't. It's not. It can't be. It wow. isn't. Wow. You can go Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. You know what that is, hunty? That's the whole Bible. Or yep. you go to life after death, as I said to you. Bible's very clear. You sleep when you die, and then Jesus comes, and there's resurrection. Hmm. Uh, hey, that's what I'm going to... Now, again, this is spontaneous. This is live radio. I never planned this. That's what I'm going to talk about on Friday night. Jesus coming. What will happen to the dead when Jesus comes? How do you get to there? You go to aussiepastor.au. It's, jo- it's a brand new email ad- uh, website address, aussiepastor.au. Not .com.au, not .com. aussiepastor.au. And you can register there because this is yep. not open. No. It's a closed program. And because Facebook was giving us a hard time <laughs> yeah, about it. It's true. <laughs> it's true. But this is a program that Facebook does not want you to see. Well, they do, 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 do. In, in there, well we're not sure why they don't want us. Well, speak. they wouldn't let us advertise it. It could have been a technical thing, though, true couldn't that, it? True, Dad. Um, you, you were coming back at me and saying it could have even been font sizes. We don't know. The whole thing is Their robots rejected us. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so if you go to aussiepasta.au... I'm going to talk about this. Yes. What click, happens click on the link and join when us. Jesus comes and is talking about resurrection. So how does the entire 
Protestant evangelical church, which Adventism is on the edge of. But we are Protestant. Protestant, Protestant. How is it if we claim the Bible and the Bible only, and you can give me an answer to this if you want, zero four double eight double eight zero eight five one. If you think you've got the answer. Or info at AussiePastor.com. Yeah, if you think you've got the answer, and it goes against what I'm trying to say here, give it to me. I'm, I'm open. Yep, hit him hard. Yeah, hit me hard, and I promise you, you write to me about, I'll read it out. Yeah, I will. I promise that too. Yeah, yeah. Zero four double eight double eight zero eight five one. Um, how is it? So how can we, how can we get to one? One church. When we don't religion. even believe in what I would call these basics of Bible. It's a commandment. Truth. Well, the Sabbath is a commandment. The life after death thing isn't. But it's very clear in the Bible. Even Jesus himself is clear on what happens to you after you die. That's it. Uh, John 11. Go and read it. That was off my head. I hope I'm right. John 11. That's very clever. I got hunting second question. 30 seconds left, mate. Oh, Do what? supernatural miracles exist and have you ever had one? Yes, yes, yes. I don't have. Ha- I haven't had a lot of them, but yes, I have. Supernatural Have I got miracles. 20 seconds to tell one quick you story? Do. You do. I was, and this is, I haven't had many, so I haven't got many stories. Yep. You remember when I was preaching in Papua New Guinea? Yep. Went up there, there's a whole caravan full of ladies. Yeah, praying. praying for you. Yep. Holy Spirit is there. I'm preaching to 20, 30, 40,000. I don't know how do you tell up there. I don't know, auntie. Thousands mm. and thousands. full of people. I'm speaking in English, and they're hearing me in their local language. That's right. I have miracle after miracle. Perhaps next week, have I told my miracle stories on this radio show? I reckon I might have. Oh, you should. It's a great story. Let's, let's tell maybe, it next maybe week. Maybe I'll do the rain one next week. Can yeah, you remind me? I'll remind so you. So I haven't had a whole lot of supernatural miracles in my life, but I have seen a lady healed of cancer. I have spoken in... Tongues, I'm talking the biblical thing where I'm preaching in English, they're hearing me in their language, and I had something extraordinary happen when I was up in another place, Papua New Guinea. Tell you next week, because we ain't got time, we're out of time. This is my Liska. Yes. My beautiful Liska, and she's singing a wonderful song. When it comes to Jesus, when it comes to life, never give up.
Hunty, yes. One more time, if you want to join us on Friday night, yes, please in do. In this series, which is called Surviving Chaos, and we're going to be talking about what happens at the end of the world. Yes. What's it called again? Surviving Chaos. Yeah. What's what's the, what's the program called on Friday night? Okay, I, I don't. Hunty's furiously <laughs> looking it up. Anyway, it's talking about what happens at the end of the Has world. Has God abandoned us? No. He definitely what? has not abandoned. But us. if you want to join us, yes, Hunty. AussiePastor.au. Real simple. Go there and register, and we'll send you a link to the program that Facebook doesn't want you to see. I don't care whether Facebook wants us to see it or not. <laughs> Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for a great program where your spirit was here and we were able to see you. Bless our listeners, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Time's up. My Time's name's up. Lloyd Grolleman. I'm the Aussie Pastor, and, and I love you. Oh, my name's Hunty, the tech, and I love you too. You do, do you? Yeah. But God loves you he so loves much. loves you so more. much more. See you next time. Yep. Thanks for joining the Aussie Pastor. If you enjoyed today's program and would like to find out more about Jesus, our ministry, or ways to support us, go to findjesus.tv. 